0: What are you doing, Scott? How's it going, brother?
1: It's going real good. We're, um, yeah, we're just doing our thing, ranching and family, <laughs> ranching and family, so it's a good, it's a beautiful thing. We feel good.
0: Yeah, it's a bit. We haven't really followed up from the uh, from the conference, and we tried to schedule. I don't know a week or so. I think both of us had technical difficulties, so it kind of worked out for the better. But uh, well,
1: it's. Uh, you just learn to surrender to what is, right? And just totally uh, see every as much as we can see everything as an opportunity. So I'm grateful to talk to you today and get to catch up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it stacks up fast about everybody you correspond with. You know this from just mm. doing, doing the ranch, man. It just you know it's. And when I first started this, it it it, it causes me to reflect on why I knew that you know approaching kind of my, the, my history of, you know, our agricultural ranching and everything, the heritage part of it, it is, it's 24 uh, seven. There's, it's not a script. And I think that we've become so scripted in so many ways and, you know, just catching up and finding that time to do these little uh, phone calls, I think they're invaluable
1: these days. I agree. It's um, the thing that's been so valuable to me And you just said it it's that in that heritage and embracing that it actually and it being a way of life it's that you fully embody or you learn to um, at the at the pain of great suffering (laughs) you learn you learn to uh, carry yourself to uh, to become the type of person who can take things as they come and to me that's the most valuable gift i think i've gotten from ranching and uh is that it's in that communication with creation constantly and the, the same with your family the constant feedback from your family my wife and my children it's like you have to show up in a way that is uh that works and figuring out how, what way that is and how it works is the whole process of life but um I tell you, I think, I really think a lot that our ancestors, uh, there's a reason that, um, I dunno, uh, uh, for me, when I think about my grandparents, uh, they were just calm, they carried that, And of course, you know, certain life happens, certain things get them fired up here and there, but as a general rule, everybody was just calm. And I, I think that's kind of the, that comes from the approach of just taking life as it comes. And, and responding accordingly. And I think our ancestors had that in spades and it's something that we're remembering. And it's a, be- and it's a beautiful thing to see because you see it all around us, especially in the... I was so amazed in the, at the conference that you bring two sorts of people together. You got Bitcoiners who are much more in the, uh, the modern tech space. And then you've got ranchers who are in what seems to be the antithesis of that space. But everyone has arrived at the same fundamental truths of how do we carry ourselves on the path to full and uh, unwavering sovereignty. And it was just, the energy was palpable. It was a very powerful, powerful weekend for sure.
0: Yeah, and you go into these things, you know, this I'm new to this. I I never knew that I was gonna be organizing conferences and trying to get the world's attention, but here we are and here we go, right? but mm-hmm. the the collective feedback that i've really received is maybe it's not explainable but it's something that we're we're all yearning for you know and that we're Absolutely. and we're willing to participate and to reflect about what you just said you know our grandparents all of our grandparents i don't care who they were um, one thing that they they their their lifestyles were usually based on a heck of a lot more survivalship instead of convenience and and I think it's prevalent these days that that's becoming someone something a form of clarity for people saying mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe the gratitude and maybe the the reward and the clarity comes from me engineering my own suffering before the suffering gets engineered upon me because I have more control of the outcome and I have more control of the gratitude in which takes place because it was me doing it instead of being forced upon and you know it's a form of, Suffering that actually the phrase that I was always uh, taught growing up, which I hated because I, it was it, it, it was a, it, it meant that I was hurting was you need to up your for uh, intestinal fortitude.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and yes. it, and if, if we can reflect back at those times, especially me, you know, growing up in West Texas is like little did I know that intestinal fortitude and that suffering that was engineered upon me was going to lead to a path that we've we're we're forging together right now and you know the the conference was kind of a uh, a stamp of approval that we're maybe doing something right and we're we're all we're all willing to talk about it
1: absolutely it's uh well it's really a manifestation of everyone from all different walks of life hearing and i love this uh idea that a lot of bitcoiners uh speak about of hearing the signal and Everyone's hearing the signal and seeing uh, what's coming if you're paying attention and if you if you're if you're awake at all and paying attention then you're seeing what's coming. And I think it's so important in life to have a practice and cultivate a way of life that is um, about embracing difficulty. And that's actually where growth happens is out on that edge between comfort and discomfort. That's where whether it's so out on the land. I think about this a lot. When I'm moving cattle, depending on the type of land uh, that we're working with, whether it's more bare ground and more weedy, or whether it's a very well established perennial pasture, it's very interesting that the uh, the the ground that actually responds best to what would appear a great amount of discomfort from the outsider's perspective uh, on the ground which means a lot of animal impact, a lot of of hoof action, a lot of plant material getting pushed into the soil, a lot of manure and urine, high stock densities of the cattle. The land is going through a deep massage or some sort of discomfort, right? A a deep tissue massage doesn't feel good until, you know, 12 hours later, right? (laughs) And so it's – but the landscape that responds best to that is land that actually is most beat up. And so there's this place where we can – uh, but actually, and I think the exact same is true in our spirit, that if we are uh, feeling as if we're in a space where, uh, you know, whether it's spiritually or emotionally, we're kind of barren and we're not really knowing what's ne- what's coming next, we're not going to find our answers from seeking comfort. We're going to find our answers from actually doing the difficult thing, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's fasting or uh, or being willing to undertake a, a a more regimented prayer and meditation routine, or whether it's about, um, uh, consciously, consciously choosing to spend more quality time with, with family and, and kind of let our career, uh, uh, and the responsibilities there unfold as they will, you know, but, but put our energy where sometimes it feels like the difficult thing to do I, in my life. That's where all the rewards have always come. And so I have n- no other choice than to think that, well, then that's what works. If, if my life is getting better from seeking discomfort, then that seems to be how the whole system of being is designed that we're actually designed to seek that and to pursue that uh, as much as we can handle. We don't want to go to the point of, uh, uh of destruction. But walking that edge and finding where that edge is for each of us. You know, it's you can feel it. Almost everyone I talk to, Slim, is picking up on exactly what we're talking about. So there certainly is something going on in the the collective unconscious of all of us where we're all kind of seeing what's coming and knowing that we gotta we gotta level up so to speak.
0: Well now I mean I have such a, a huge responsibility to myself accountability I guess. That there's no way I could not um, approach my days exactly how you you just explained, and you do it so well in a very eloquent way. And you're 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 a very humble person. You're you you know you're very well spoken. And and just to give a reflection upon you, that what I the feedback that I've received is everybody said. You came out of nowhere, really, you know, we, we going into the conference, it wasn't that you were overly hyped or anything like that. It wasn't part of some influencer showing up at a Bitcoin conference and here we go, right? You just showed up and you gave a, a, a devotion that a lot of people are going to remember for the rest of their lives. By saying that, everybody was like, well, is he a professional speaker? (laughs) It's like, no. He's actually, you know, he's a self-trained kind of, you know, for for the most part, a first-generational regenerative farmer and rancher. And um, basically, he's just speaking his truth. And from day one, I can always read people pretty well, and I say that with humility. But when you and I first met, I was like, "Well, well, Scott's got it. Let's uh, let's just you know let's just throw it out there and see what kind of materializes. One thing that I want people to know, you know, as far as your involvement with the Beef Initiative, your involvement with the conference, your involvement with our relationship and friendship, is it's it's never hard. It just flows. Mm-hmm. It just flows. And absolutely. I mean, we've had time uh, restrictions. We've had you know hiccups uh, as far as getting together. You know, but there's always something that's like, oh, well, it it's not a big deal, and I we don't have any friction there. And I think that people live in so much spiritual friction right now, physical <sighs> friction, mentally friction. You know, mental, emotional. There's a friction there that people are sick of, and they're willing to basically kind of step out of that that comfort bubble, maybe if that's a good way to put it.
1: Uh, I, uh, well, I appreciate the kind words, Slim, and it's only. The person that everyone is meeting is only a result of, uh, me fully embracing humbly the, 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 responsibility and the accountability that I've gotten from my loved ones, from my wife, from my children, from the land, from God. And it's, um, so I'm, that's what I'm the result of. It's not everything, nothing I have to say is new or original. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, and I appreciate you recognizing it, it's just a direct result of my experience because that's all I really have and that's all I know. And um, and I would also say that we have to be willing to put ourselves out there. And that's that kind of leap of faith, if you will, um, is can be scary and there's times that are uncertain um but i mean if you're feeling friction in your life and friction from uh, uh the spiritual friction which i think is a beautiful phrase it's a great way to put it because that's how it feels in our hearts right it feels like there's some sandpaper getting rubbed together in there you know and it's like there's tension and it's tight and we're like man something's just not right i don't feel it. something's going wrong and I think that's a deep intuitive knowing that we have that that is beyond, uh, um, how do I say this? It's beyond anything we could ever discover technologically. I think that the technology of our bodies and our emotions and our and our, our spiritual awareness within this instrument of the body is actually the most high-tech thing that has ever or will ever exist. And everything else is just a cheap imitation because it lacks the essence it's only substance it's only matter without the essence of a soul and so we have this beautiful gift it's about how do we leverage that how do we tune into it how do we get it to the point where it's functioning properly and um that's really uh anything good in my life that's happened as a result of uh embracing that and um we have to just keep on that path even when it gets tough you know because that's the place where things are the most real and then the benefits they come because then we're actually interacting with reality and i think that's what people are are sick of this uh everything seems fake and we want something real we want to feel something tangible that's why uh that's why the idea yeah, that's why Bitcoin is so powerful to people because it's something tangible that has dis- has a discipline. It has limits, right? And that's why ranching is so powerful to people because it's something tangible. It takes discipline. It creates limits in your life to where if you don't, if you don't manage yourself, you're not going to be able to manage cattle or you're not going to be able to manage anything about the ranch because you're constantly dealing with the unknown. And so, um, We just have to always be willing to listen and to be willing to uh, lean in to what's tough.
0: Well, the harder you lean into the land and the harder you lean into the soil, what do you get? You get, like you just said, massaging that dang soil hard, you get the best results. And I love that. And one thing you said, (laughs) and it really made me give a a kind of a visual perspective in my mind, is like you said, you know, look at the Rocky Mountains. It's the spine of America. Mm -hmm. And I I want you to go down deeper with that and kind of explain where you're coming from on that one.
1: Well, uh, it's funny, Slim, because you're talking about our relationship, and I think— You and I, you know, it's, it's, uh, we're kindred, you know, we're, uh, uh, we have people that we meet in our life where we resonate on the same level. So we just immediate, we're fast friends, you know? And that's, it felt like everybody at the conference was fast friends because that it was a magnet for everyone who is on the, who is attempting to live a life of deep meaning was magnetized towards that conference. And that's why it, it it was what it was, which was a powerful experience for everyone involved. And so I, and so essentially I, I say that in order to uh, continue to say that that idea just came up when I was talking with you, you know, and I think that that's the beauty of, of mutually beneficial relationships mm-hmm. that it actually, what uh, Joel Salatin says, when you have everything clicking in the right order with regenerative farming, one plus one equals three. Right. And so There's this mysterious, uh, exponential increasing, um, uh, benefit from really good, healthy, uh, kind of intuitive relationships that just seem to work. And so anyways, that thought came to me and I was thinking more about that. You know, uh, if you think about just the spinal column of our bodies, it is the nervous center from which everything else, uh, comes, comes to, and then dissipates from right in the Rocky mountains. Very much are uh, with regards to the watershed for at least two thirds of, sta- of the of the of the continental U.S. It comes from these Rocky Mountains and it flows either east or west, and that I think we can't underestimate the power of uh, that amount of kinetic energy, that amount of uh, of of hydration that is flowing off of uh, this spinal column of the U S essentially. And so that's, why I, I, um, we have to focus our energy on, uh, attuning to those places that are where the highest amount of kinetic energy is right. Like I spend most of my time on the ranch with regards to my ranch life, thinking about where the most kinetic energy is. And that's in our herd of cattle because where the most kinetic energy gathers, if you keep that orderly, then there's the most benefit If it devolves into chaos then you got a lot you got a much bigger mess than if, if 10 sheep were out that's nowhere near as big a mess as having 130 head out on the highway you know so we need to keep our energy focused kind of in a hierarchy in this way and with my marriage i focus most of my energy in my family on keeping my marriage in a in in a, in a healthy regenerative place, we don't want our marriages to just be sustainable. We want them to be regenerative. Ray Arceles says that he's like, "How's your marriage? It's, it's sustainable? No, that's not very good. We want our marriage to be regenerative, right? So, but but that's the foundation of my family, of my relationship with my children, and I have to keep my uh, so I, I keep my energy focused there. And I think if we're thinking about managing land, and if we're thinking about Managing the landscape of the continent, we need to start at the top of the watershed. Anytime you have a piece of land, you need to start at the top of of that landform, whether it's a flat piece of prairie or whether it's a mountainous region. You need to start at the top. Every every piece of land has a high point and a low point, and it's a high point where the greatest amount of kinetic energy is getting started. And so, when we think about water, we want to think about water and how can we. How can we slow it down? How can we let it sink into the soil and so so that it's more available and for longer periods of time? And so in doing that, it's like, well, clearly the Rocky Mountains, are the top of the watershed for the vast majority of the continent. They're essentially, and, and I said, you know, it's if you think about the chakra centers on your body, uh, that, that, all stem, that all stems quite literally from uh, the center of our nervous system. And so, you know, I, I regularly get chiropractic care because if, if I have a piece of my vertebrae that's, that's uh, pinching the nerves that are coming out of my spinal column, there's going to be an interference there in the communication. And so uh, I think there's a lot to be thought of and to be said for how are we managing the water that's coming off of uh, these Rocky Mountains? How are we managing the landscape, therefore, around the water that is... Uh, that is able to absorb as much water as possible. There's a lot of different techniques to do that. Uh, on our farm, we've implemented what is really an old-school technique that goes back, uh, I'm not quite sure how long, but people forever have been making terraces in order to slow the water down so that it can sink in and it can essentially passively irrigate the crops that they need. And so on our place, we, using the contour of the land, and I showed a photo of this uh in in the, the devotional on Sunday at the conference using the contour of the land, we can design both passive and active water management systems to store water high up in the landscape and then slowly and gradually release it down through, uh, from the slopes down through the valleys and then down off the mesas into the low lying land. And so we, um, but it takes a level of tuning in. And I think if you look back, actually a lot of these, uh, so the public works projects have put in a lot of these reservoirs, stand up rivers. They dam up the river high in the landscape. They make a big mountain lake. And then from there, it's all contour gravity fed out through the rest of the landscape. I mean, it's very, um, this is not new technology. This is old stuff, just using basic surveying skills to move water where we need it. And I think it's this sort of interaction with the landscape and, and, uh, of observation, uh, that brings us to a higher level of understanding of not only the landscape but ourselves and because I, I talked a little bit about in the devotional that the inner and the outer landscape are one and so if we if we want to learn about ourselves but maybe we're a little bit hesitant to do that <laughs> because it's a difficult process and it can be painful let's look to look out into your outside world and then learn about your relationships learn about your relationships with the land and so I think there's so much there Slim and it's something i uh, we'll continue to explore, but it's like we need to put our focus on where uh, the most energy is originating from, and so, and if we do that, then we get to the sort the source of the seed, the source of the seed of the watershed is the Rocky Mountains. So I think that's there's a lot there.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that I think you've uh, you've tapped into something here that uh, people are going to kind of. I love it. when A lot of the, the the words you use and the phrases you use, in the way I think, you paint a lot of good visuals. So um, you paint a good visual representation of how people can internalize. Because one thing that we do is, as humans and as flawed humans and as people that own too much negativity is that you know we internalize a lot of the outside world and we, we take ownership of it. And whenever you can visualize right. something about it, like kind of what you just you just explained, well you can internalize that comparing it to the water source of our nation, this the backbone of our nation, the source of the seed of, you know, that power of a nation. Well now people can kind of visualize a way where they can internalize it on a personal level and they can look outward now. And say, okay, well, I'm I'm not liking that friction that that other visual given me. And that's what the reality that they try to project upon us, but right. we can we can do it in a different way. And you know, mental mapping, and it, that's how I've uh, you know I've always been a visual person in my mind. And one thing that I've always had as a I don't know my secret weapon is that um, I love to paint pictures in my brain. And right. w- when I do that, it 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 becomes a movie and so in mm. these individuals if we can start becoming the movie instead of watching the movie And I know that's a cliche somewhat. I think a lot of actors have said that maybe it was McConaughey or something become your own movie or whatever But uh-huh. just to just to leverage into that it's true and it, and we Absolutely. don't have to ask for permission and that leads into, you know, what I find, and I do, I find it fascinating. You're just not some, some guy that had this history of heritage of doing what you're doing, but you did, you had some trials and tribulations and, um, those trials and tribulations, you were not afraid to share because, you know, I didn't expect that at the devotion, but you would ahead and you exposed yourself, you were transparent the only person that can do that is somebody that basically has had that suffering engineered upon them, but then they helped engineer it upon themselves in a very negative way. Well, you found a solution, and I think part of your solution is transparency.
1: Absolutely. We have to be 100% honest with ourselves because uh, the thing about lying is that it creates a false reality. It creates an actual physical world if we lie to ourselves internally and then act on that lie, we physically create in the outer world a false representation. It becomes a mirage. It becomes a, a fiction in and of itself. And, man, that's what our whole culture feels like, right? Our whole society. It's not, the, it's not the essence of it, but because we've been lying to ourselves for far too long about who are we, where do we come from, and why are we here, um, a lot of, a lot of shit's gotten twisted up. I want to comment, though, Slim, on um, you saying that you're, that you're a very visual person and that you can create these visions in your mind, and then, and then your practice has become making them real. And man, oh man, that's the thing that I really look up to you. you you've been able to, uh, because you've been able to manifest things that unless you have the courage to take what was just an idea, okay, we all have good ideas, But how do we then have the courage to humbly walk the path of making that idea real? And you very much have a gift for that, and that is that is uh, I would say that's a gift from God that you uniquely have to be to be able to have a vision in your mind, and then uh, nothing ever because this is life. Nothing ever ends up exactly how it is in our mind, but a lot of times if we're willing to walk the path, it ends up way better in in reality than we ever could have imagined in our mind. And you're willing to put yourself out there and do that and, and be vulnerable and say, I'm going to walk this path and see what comes of it. Man, that is so encouraging. And it's so, uh, it's a, just a beautiful gift that you're then giving to everyone. And that's why people are magnetized to the work that you've been doing, because it's coming from the real vulnerable place of, of you as a man who is saying, I'm going to do this and nobody's going to stop me. You know, I'm going to make something real. That's going to make this world, that's going to help people heal themselves, their bodies, and then as a result heal this civilization. And that's where we have to begin. And I, I realized very quickly as a result of my journey that um, everything, if, if we're seeking deep meaning in life, we just have to go inward. Everything, uh, all the great sages, all the great prophets, uh, that's what they talk about. They say that, you know, essentially the truth lies within because and i would say that's because um, uh, the physical manifest truth of divine law of, of spiritual divine law that is actually the physical world around us that's what we're made of and so if we if we want to go on a journey to the top of the mountain so to speak we need to just go within and i realized very quickly when i was uh, for those who weren't at the talk you know i'd Long story short, I ended up, uh, as a result of this journey of getting my hands in the soil, I began the process of healing my soul without knowing it. And so I started walking that path, and everything, all of my own demons, all the healing, all the trauma that I needed to work with and, and heal immediately started to come up because I fully believe that the, the inner and the outer landscape are one process. And so if we're worried about, uh, um, if we're worried about our, our spiritual health, um, or if we're worried about the health of our society we just need to go need to go within and we can and so anyways that's what I did I had to go off to rehab to get clean and sober um, and I had to then as a result of awakening and, and fully utilizing all of my senses and I by no means of saying that uh, you know uh, drugs and alcohol cannot be used responsibly or recreationally that's not what I'm saying I'm not I'm in no way that much of a, a, a Conservative, or in uh, or the, the more just uh, direct meaning of that word. Um, but that being said, for, we have to know ourselves. And for me, I just couldn't handle it. I have an addictive personality. I, I very much am a person who gets obsessed with things. And I had to stop seeing that as a curse and start seeing that as a blessing. And so how do I focus that energy, that obsessive energy that wants to do something? How do I focus that energy towards that which regenerates my soul and not and doesn't degenerate my soul and so um i think slim it's just in the process of being vulnerable being willing to be honest that we actually get that's that's the only way to uh that's the only way to actually speed up biological time if we're worried about our culture if we're worried about the, the path of civilization we can only get to the future that we uh believe in which is a much more harmonious relationship with the Earth, a much more harmonious relationship with ourselves and with each other, we can only get there by being 100% honest because that's the way that we actually get the most direct feedback. When we're honest, then we get immediate feedback from ourselves and our surroundings as opposed, with regards to what is the next step. And when we have what is the next step as a result of being honest, then we'll walk in the path of truth. And that is a powerful thing. It becomes a a positive feedback loop that is exponential and it's mysterious how quickly things can happen. So uh, Vandana Shiva, one of my heroes, she talks about uh, a lot of people, for those who don't know who she is, look her up. Um, She is a uh, Earth steward, but she has her doctorate in um, uh, theoretical physics. And she says the thing that gives her the most hope is that, the world where we are living in much more harmony with one another and with the planet is always available to us. And she says she gets this knowledge from our most advanced understandings of theoretical physics, that everything is in every place all at once. And so the the future we know is possible and that we're all striving forwards and, and living forwards with every choice every day, actually it's not as far off as we think and it can emerge at any moment. And that's all out of our control, and that's about surrendering and just doing the best we can today. What can I do today to be about love and gratitude and, and to humbly walk with courage on that path of truth? Um, and, yeah, so that's what it's all about to me, Slim. And you are really a great example of that, and that's why you're, you're becoming a magnet for people towards you that are walking that same path.
0: Um, to start off, a lot of people don't know how to say thank you correctly. So I want to say and be respectful for the words and say, thank you, Scott. That's, that's pretty, that's, that's, that's an honor for you to say that. Um, and once again, um, (laughs) to be humble, man, sometimes you don't know how to say thank you because it's not the intention to get thank yous, right? It's right. not the intention to to you know get your ego blown up because we both know that it, you know in Texas ego is not your amigo, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you hablo español, un poquito, uh, you know that right. Uh, sí, <laughs> uh,
1: <si> señor. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> so thank
0: you, man. And that, that just. But what I, what I turn that into, so I tell tell the ego to shut up. Is like, mm-hmm. uh you know, now I feel accountability, but for the right reasons. You know, that's right. Ownership and obligation is a good thing, so, and you know, now I own that. And me being the person with the intestinal uh, intestinal fortitude and the core belief system that I was, I was given and raised with. You know. It, it, and it's what I'm trying to let everybody know, man. Cowboy up. That, that's what I know, right? That, that's my phrase. Well, you know, everybody wants to be a cowboy. So let's cowboy up with some love uh-huh. and some gratitude and some, some accountability in a way that, just as you just said, it's already there. Uh-huh. We just have to take those small little steps to get back there. And that's what our grandparents and our ancestors did. They gave us that roadmap they had that calmness to them to where if they freaked out and (laughs) I have relatives when a tornado would come up in West Texas, tornado alley, Mm -hmm. they would go out there and watch it. And then they would say, well, we'll just tie ourselves to the tree and we'll be okay. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, that was the solution or, you know,
1: some people would say that's crazy. I would say there's deep beauty in that.
0: Of course. I mean, talk about knowing nature, right? right? Right. I mean, knowing true nature, exactly what you're talking about, knowing earth, knowing the soil, knowing the clouds, knowing your surroundings is something that you can leverage and in, in our ancestors knew that. But right now, whenever we look so far outward, we don't see anything that is remotely probably what you see on a daily basis. And that is the lo- the love story that people are yearning for because guess what it is a love story and it's a love story that starts inside it starts deep down into the soil and you know people are going to start understanding that and uh, people are asking me what the beef initiative today is and I always have a different answer because you know really the beef initiative what it is it's the Bitcoin ethos. What is the Bitcoin ethos? Well, it exposes the truth. And whenever you're, you're not afraid to expose the truth, then it becomes a love story because whenever you are willing to run into it hard and fast with a slow roll, then what you're gonna find out is that the transparency was always your best friend, and that love story is what everybody is yearning for right now because you look at our society you look at the addictions to everything across the board a lot of people don't understand uh, alcoholism drug addiction is a behavioral issue it's like where do you point that behavior can either get a negative result or it can get a positive result and that's something i see that you've been able to Uh, orchestrate in a very eloquent and productive in in actually legacy way and that's the love story it's the love story with the self not the religion of self but the the love story of self so therefore you can give that reflection to your wonderful family that we got to meet your little newborn that was Mm -hmm. just born I mean your your daughter your, your 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 wife, your your glowing wife, that's just sitting there, you know, smiling the whole time at the conference. I think that's what really everybody is yearning for is that love story, and they don't know where to start.
1: Absolutely, Slim. You're just uh, you're you're speaking to my heart right now. I'm so grateful. Uh, It is. I think something that you just taught me that that was just revealed to me when you're speaking is that. When we're accountable and we're when we're when we're honest with ourselves, and then therefore the world, we're then actually held accountable to that principle of honesty. So it actually becomes a feedback loop where it's like people start to know when you're lying, right? So then it's like, man, it, I, yeah. I I may actually want to lie here, but I'm afraid people might find me out because I've been this vulnerable, honest guy, and people can read me like a book now, you know. So it, it actually becomes we create the we create the context for the content of our minds to get much more in line with truth. And so that's just something that I think is so beautiful and powerful. And it's um, something I think we just have to tune into and just com- completely surrender to. And I, that's um, another thing that was coming up when you were talking for me was, that, uh, and that you spoke about was like this idea that in that process of seeking that love story, we have to surrender to it. Right, we have to be willing to to slow. I love what you said: hit it fast and hard. Life, like get after life, cowboy up, get after it. You know, don't be afraid. And also, but slow your roll. Right. So there's a way of being, and like I'm gonna be driven, but I'm in. Inter- I'm gonna be driven. And I'm gonna move towards a goal, but internally, I'm gonna be calm. Right. I'm gonna be in the face of this storm of solving problems and facing everything life has to throw at me, but I'm going to be internally calm and we have to have a practice that brings about that tranquility. We have to have a way of living that is disciplined, that, that cultivates that inner peace. And, um, uh, I think that that is, uh, that is just a profound truth that we can't escape. Um, uh, or else we're gonna get hit in the mouth over and over again with it until we learn it, you know, whether it's in this life or the next, you know, it's, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna keep learning that lesson that it's about. It's, uh, a great mentor of mine, um, who, when I started reading some of his work really changed my life. His name's Dr. David Hawkins and he, uh, uh, the book he's best known for is a book called power versus force. And, um, uh, I would suggest anyone who's interested in the union of the physical and the metaphysical should look into that book. Um, but his, his most famous, famous quotation is that we change the world not by what we say or do, but as a consequence of who we become. So really, it's not even necessarily, and I, I think that is a, a capital T true statement, because it's not even necessarily what we're doing. It's who are we? interiorly, in the moment, with those around us, or just with ourselves alone, that is all we actually ever have. We don't manage anything else, you know, Uh, we can, uh, and, and truly everything that comes in our life is a manifestation of who we are inside, and there's a direct link between who we are as a people and how we're treating the land. You know, that's another idea that comes out of, uh, uh, Bandana, Dr. Vandana Shiva is that um, she uh, she essentially realized that the way we were treating the land was a direct mirror to how we were treating ourselves and one another. And because the two are inextricably linked, we cannot separate uh, we cannot separate anything in creation. Everything is one. And there's certainly a hierarchy. There's an order and a form and function that emerges from that order, but at its essence, everything is one. And so if we're treating ourselves and then others with deep disrespect, we're going to treat the land with deep disrespect. And so if we want to turn that, that story of cruelty into a love story, well, we have to surrender to some difficult or some profound or some beautiful truths about who are we. How are we supposed to live on this planet, and, and why are we here to begin with, and what is this about? And I, 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 I've, I've kind of come to this idea that we are here. God has placed us here in this realm of good and evil to face all the possibilities of existence and give us the freedom. This is our gift of consciousness. We have the freedom to choose into what reality we can physically create, because that is our power. A a cow is beautiful and perfect in her nature, but she cannot create on her own a landscape. She doesn't have the consciousness to think three-dimensionally, four-dimensionally, five-dimensionally through space and time of how to manage energy, because that's all we manage is energy and our own energy. And so that's our gift we have the conscious ability to, to bring into union our inner metaphysical landscape, our souls into union with creation, God's creation all around us. And that takes a, a tremendous amount of surrender to, uh, the truths that, uh, are constantly being, uh, shown to us in that objective reality all around us. And, um, But it very much is a love story, Slim, because that's that's the foundation of all of it, that we've been given this gift of consciousness out of what I would say, a deep and profound love that we can never even comprehend. It's so vast and so wide and so all-consuming. And we have been given this gift, and it's a gift that allows us to heal deep, tremendous, Wounds that otherwise cannot be healed without that gift of consciousness And so we get to choose and that's the beautiful thing. And once we choose into that love story man, it's um, It is by design the best drug that's ever been, <laughs> that's <laughs> ever been designed, And because that's, that's what we're here to do we're here to give and receive love
0: and and that's it's come full circle as far as the you know and i'll be able to say wherever i'm talking now it's like hey and and i love to build intrigue i'm (laughs) you talk about you know honesty transparency and everything and uh i was talking with cole and jason the other day on the phone and uh cole said well you know from from you slim the bullshitter and, you know, what it, he's talking like Texas Cowboys stuff. You know how we are. We, we, we bullshit right. each other. We play poker 24-7 with each other. Yep. We play little tricks of, you know, the mind and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, that seeps out of me a little bit because I am kind of a sarcastic fellow and kind of a smartass sometimes. But I like to build intrigue, but it comes from a very good place. But I'm Absolutely. just going to start telling the people, you know, especially if they can't figure it out on their own. It's like, well, what is the beef initiative? Well, it's a love story. You, mm. you, you want to come along and you know right. it, it's going to expose some truths and so you know i i know I, from the the three years that i've been doing this food intelligence I, right now i'm sitting on congress avenue in front of torchy's tacos in my truck because i've just driven another thousand mile about 1400 miles with my son just dropped them off today and talk about a love story of everything with my son that we just got to experience and everything that we're planning for him and his future it's it's just a it's a never-ending road trip of beauty no matter what and looking in his eyes and in letting him discover you know a new world because he just graduated high school okay he's trying to figure out the other day he told me he was stressed and, 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 you know, and I can see it in his face, of course, he's my son, and and I could see the pain of that stress. And throughout the last couple of days, I said, hey, I've got your back. Mm-hmm. Don't you worry about it. You go out there and you expose yourself to this world in any way that you want. But I guarantee you, you've got this kind of, this dude that calls himself Texas Slim, he's got your back. and." Mm-hmm. And guess what? Well, my son is finding a new way to love me. And he's got a confidence now that I can see. And it took a couple of days for him to be able to reflect. And the communication was nothing more than going out and seeing what we're accomplishing here. The conversations that I allowed him to join in with me to listen and, and to kind of reflect upon. Because, you know, he hasn't really seen that much. And whenever we can do that with our own family members, whenever we can turn back into our heritage and love our ancestors, our grandparents in a way that we didn't know how to as children, right? Mm-hmm. But now yes. as adults, we have that obligation, that accountability to go ahead and love them in a way that society, I know, engineered a way that we would not love our ancestors the way we should. And that's what, part of the love story.
1: Slim, what, that is is—that is the greatest gift you can give to your son because that's, that's all any son wants to hear, right, is from their father that I am here. You do not need to be afraid. You're going to face the, your life. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have stresses and anxieties. But guess who's not going away? Dumb in the ground, me. And that's what, that's the greatest gift as parents that we can give to our children. Because life, uh, one thing that's, uh, our first midwife with our oldest daughter, she said to us, as we were so freaked out, right? You have your kid, <laughs> your first child is right. this little baby and just so vulnerable and you're like, oh my, I'm not equipped. She's going to get hurt. To but she, what she said to us was so valuable. She said, She's in the world now, and all you can do is the best you can do. But the world, is, it, and that's the point. The world's gonna, it's gonna bring us all some sort of pain and suffering. That's that's the deal. And um, our duty as parents is to, is to support our children enough to love them enough to let them skin their knee, let them fail, but to be there as a hand to pick them up. And and with a word of wisdom, if we've got one, you know, or just a smile or just anything we can give them. And because that's what, that's the foundation and that's the true order of things that children need. So that's just so beautiful. And I'm so grateful you shared that. And then another thing I want to say is that you're talking about this engineered separation. That is, um, that is so apparent in everything about our culture, the dominant ideology of the day is this postmodern thinking that my subjective experience what makes me feel good right what makes what tickles my fancy the most not what makes me uncomfortable and what makes me learn and grow and evolve and transcend my suffering but the opposite what makes me feel good what tickles my fancy is that which is the most true and that's the biggest lie we've ever been sold that's the lie of the evil one right that we and as a result, we have a whole culture that is now uh, perpetuating that why, and that's how you get a culture with you're constantly sharing this fact, but it needs to be said over and over again to where it's cemented in all of our minds that 46% of children are pre-diabetic or diabetic. These are helpless children whose nutrition is a direct result of our management decisions as adults. They don't They, they have no choice in the matter. They have no control over the situation. So that's that is, and then that, that health, that physical health outcome, which I think is a a manifestation of our spiritual state and my spiritual state, I'm implicated in this too, you know? I, I, uh, for lack of a better term, am a sinner and have repenting to do, right? I've made mistakes, right? So I'm not, I'm not sitting up on some golden tower. Yeah, like, we're all in this together. But as a culture, as a culture of adults we've separated ourselves so intimately from the order of things with regards to creation and nature that now we don't take care of our, we don't take care of our parents when they get into old age, they're, they're in old folks homes. Right. And it's like, it's like that. What is more of a within them is the profound lived experience of being more attuned to nature. Like you were talking about folks going out and watching a tornado and saying, "I'll just tie myself to a tree. I'm not afraid." You know, that's a deep spiritual fortitude. Uh, do not be afraid. You know, that 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 is a deep knowing of of essentially uh, how the shit works. To quote Will Harris, right? Like, <laughs> I don't need to be I don't need to be afraid if I know the order of things and if I see from my world around me how I need to carry myself in order to live with courage and without fear and we have placed those people who have that knowledge and that understanding and that physical embodied wisdom. We've placed them out of sight and out of mind. We don't want, because we, because if we were to face our ancestors face to face, right, we'd be getting, it would be so, it would be so painful. We would change our behavior, right? We would know like, man, where they'd be, t- they'd be telling us and we would know intuitively that we need to change how we're living so we don't want to change that we want to continue doing what feels good and we want to continue numbing ourselves so we don't have to face the pain of our decisions so we place them out of sight and out of mind and uh, I, it's uh, these are troubling and, and makes you sick to your stomach to think about what's going on but also What's the other side of that? It's a great gift. It's an opportunity for us who are preparing to carry the burden. It makes us that much stronger. And it also points our focus and our consciousness in the right direction because progress isn't always a step forward. Sometimes it's just turning around and then taking that step forward. It's a 180 degree turn in the other direction. And it's about remembering who we are. And if we can remember who we are and why we're here, then we will very quickly remember ourselves to nature and to creation. I'm not sure which one comes first, the chicken or the egg, but I know that they both seem to happen simultaneously. So it's, um, here we go, like you say, Slim, let's make it real.
0: Yeah, let's, uh, in, you said that at the conference, uh, as far as remembering, mm-hmm. and, and I love that whenever you said that, that caught me, you know, when I was sitting there listening to you and everybody was glued to your to your words and everything, and it is. And, and what we do is we take a step before we can move forward. We must first take a step backwards. Mm. And you know, whatever phrase we want to use, that's it's so simple. It's complicated. And and if we can if we can accept that that it's not out there, man, it's not out there. You know, I still I go over to my we we're at my mom's place uh, a lot this this weekend this past weekend. And to this day, there's picture of grandma and granddad. And every time I go there, it is hung on the wall. The farmhouse is there and I stare at it. And I do, I've always done this ever since, you know, they passed of course, and they both lived into their nineties. So I, I, I wonder how they performed that, right? right (laughs) you know uh you know great depression dust bowl two world wars uh you know spanish flu uh oh i can throw more and more you know gold confiscation everything well you know they lived in their 90s and they they they're healthy as you know they could be but i go there and i have those conversations with them and that's just something that's part of our heritage is part of who we are and and that's where it's so simple that people complicate it because they're looking for this vastness of solution and it's not right. it's a particle of a solution that once right. you have it it really doesn't matter if it's the chicken or the egg it's just the source of the seed of the solution you just roll with it it's mm-hmm. just that form of clarity and when it happens as a person as an individual as a soul as a spirit you know whatever you want to whatever you want to best call it it just mm-hmm. happens and and that's what we're doing we're creating this this vibration this vibration that we can really say, hey, um, you know, just kind of listen to this vibration. It's a little bit different. It's got a different tune to it. The tuning fork mm. is, has been changed a little bit. It got manipulated, but it's back there. And, it, it, mm. and let, let's, let's, let's look at it. It's, you know, it's a beautiful piece of brass that you didn't know was tarnished, and now it's not tarnished. Mm. And, and, and we get all these little, you bring up Will Harris. Well, that makes me think of our next conference, right? And right. without being a, without having Colorado performing in Colorado like everybody did as speakers, I don't want to say performing, just uh, just being there, you know, being mm-hmm. present, that we get to do Georgia now, and we get to go get to hear about a man that stewards his family's land almost 160 years, and right. and they went, and this is where you and I talk about, you know, we we talked about before your challenges that you're facing right now since the conference. I mean, he went from the old way of doing things into he likes to call it into the commodity cowboy ways back into now he's pioneering or he has pioneered the regenerative mindset and the regenerative proof of work. And we get to go show everybody in Georgia exactly that. I mean, you want to talk about ranch tours. Jason put one on that was phenomenal. And we've got we've got drone footage of that tour that he went out there on the on the. The foothills of needle rock there it's just amazing Beautiful. yeah so you'll get to see those and you're in one of those clips and that'll be really being released like Friday or Saturday but going out to you know Will Harris's place he's gone through a lot of stuff that you're probably going through right now and you know mm-hmm. from he, he he talks about he got overextended and you know financially and just the, the land having to go back to its original source where are you in your, in your road, in your journey with your, your land that you're doing, your animals, your, your labor force, what does it look like for you right now?
1: So, uh, sacred song farm, um, is a multi-species enterprise. We are currently raising, uh, beef, lamb, pork, and poultry. Um, and we manage about a thousand, a little bit over a thousand acres, um, Most of that is here in the Mancus Valley, which stretches between Menifee Mountain, uh, which is the mountain that our home place is kind of tucked up against, and then to the west, Mesa Verde and Mesa Verde National Park. And so our little town of Mancus is right in the middle of that valley, and uh, we manage land throughout the valley. And uh, we have been everywhere from uh, a two-person show, my wife and I, to uh, at one one point this summer we had one, two, three, four, five, six uh team members. And now we're back to uh uh a, a three-person show. We've got one apprentice and we've got uh another guy that helps us whenever he can and then my wife and I. Um but it's all about the thing that's gotten us through is that we are uh well and then we also a little bit more about the business. We direct market everything we, we raise. So all the beef, all the pork, all the lamb, all the porch poultry gets sold either through a CSA that we have, which is essentially a subscription service that we deliver monthly in ten or twenty pound increments. We sell whole half beefs, we sell steaks individual anyway I can sell it, Slim, we're trying to sell it because that's what keeps us on the land doing what we're doing. Um and but as the business is moving forward, uh, we're you know, constantly reassessing what enterprises are actually getting us to the goal of our quality of life, because all of this is pointless if we, as a family, uh, uh, we we can't live to work; we have to work to live. And so, we have to be in a place where mom and dad at least have most of their wits about them, to where when the girls grow up, the ranch isn't a burden; it's a joy, even if they don't want to be a part of it. I, my prayer and my the dedication of my life is to carry myself in a way to where it never gets sold. And so, because it will be just this place of joyful memories for the girls. And if somebody, it doesn't matter if somebody else is managing the ranch operations, uh, they'll still be shareholders and they will be owners of this land and caretaker and therefore stewards and caretakers of it. And so that's, uh, really in a nutshell, who we are and what we do as a business. And, um, we're going, we had one guy get injured and then one guy, uh, uh, um, choose to move on to another opportunity a little bit sooner than we had expected uh, but that's just a part of it and so I'm back doing my thing 16 uh, hour days uh, managing my role as a father and husband in the context of of ranching and um, all the responsibilities there and so it's it, it's it used to be something that I, I didn't think I could rise to the occasion. When I was using drugs and alcohol, I was constantly in this place of like, man, I can't. I, how am I going to do this? I don't have the intestinal fortitude. I don't have the grit to do this. This is too difficult. Well, I very quickly realized that uh, once I uh, got cleaned up a little bit, I very quickly realized that I needed to turn my attention to my spiritual fortitude. My that that place inside me where there uh, and that gift to us, um, I would say, from God that infinite love, which is a place where infinite strength is then possible. And, and, and we can r- always rise to the occasion that if we, if we choose into that. And so, um, that's our business. That's what we do. And we are just, uh, the, the future sacred song farm, uh, in 18 months, certainly won't look like sacred song farm today. Um, but, uh, we, always making decisions towards these these two objectives what is the best decision for our 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 soul health as a family and what is the best decision for the soil health of the land that we have given that we've been given the gift to manage and so um, we just keep on keeping on and and every solve every problem as it comes up and whether it's big or small it's what we need to attend to right in that moment that's that's how we carry ourselves, and that's what we do.
0: I love it. Um, <laughs> well, you you just actually got me very curious, and I'm going to ask you right here on the phone. Uh, how's your subscription services going? Is that good? You like it?
1: It's it's real good. Uh, we our biggest bottleneck, Slim, like so many in this space. If you have a mar- if you have a knack for marketing and uh, telling your story, and then good customer service and delivering on. Uh, uh, delivering on the product you say you're going to deliver on. I mean, we, our problem right now is, is, is being able to produce enough to meet the demand like so many, you know? And so, uh, we have some, some things in the works that will allow us to scale up quickly. Um, and I see a lot of potential, uh, for us to, uh, possibly, you know, uh, work in a more, um, explicit way an integrated way with yeah. the beef initiative as a as a colorado node you know and we'll sure. see where that goes but we are uh you know business is is to me business is business and it's kind of it's like a, i don't know i've got this silly silly theory about capitalism being the most uh the reason we all can't seem to shake it is not because it's this thing that actually rewards greed it's actually this thing that Rewards mutually beneficial relationships, and that's how the soil and that's how ecosystems fundamentally function So it's our cheap way of building an economic system uh, That actually mirrors how ecological systems function and that's why we're like hey This is essentially the best we got the best we can do So we need to just this free market thing seems that with it for all of its issues it works And so with business, you know, you have to have a much more um, uh, How do I say this centered? uh, rationale mentality. And it's much more like math, right? Math is just math. Two plus two is just four. Even though earlier I said one plus one equals three. So here I go contradicting myself, but <laughs> you know, math is just math and business decisions. You just have to make the decision that works best. And so it's about, uh, for us, as we move forward, it's all about finding those mutually beneficial relationships so that we can all, all of our customers, all of our, uh, fellow team members, everything is being, if capitalism is working well, everyone is getting leveraged and in, in, in an abundant way towards a higher state of being. And when it's doing that well, it, uh, it's a beautiful thing to behold. And that's what you've done with the beef initiative. I mean, coal from can Cattle, I mean, it, those guys are scaling and scaling rapidly. And it's, it's the abundance that comes from doing things properly. And, um, so, the, the, uh, that's what I think we just need to keep
0: our focus on. Yeah, and in that's it. it kind of goes into and you brought once again the subscription services. You know, me and uh, JP, uh, my partner in the Beef Initiative, he kind of stays anonymous because he he's the he's the magic on the the back end of technology here. But uh, you know, we've decided to go in and start uh inviting producers across the united states now to go ahead and join the beef initiative in our entryway into doing that and allowing them to do that is the subscription service because it's it's easier to control it's easier to project it's easier to plan uh Mm -hmm. your 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 customers are very intentional they, they're not just doing uh, window shopping. They're not just going to Amazon right. to buy whole foods, grass-fed beef. They're actually going to right. you know, your subscription service and they basically know for the next 12 months that they're, they're gonna be taken care of. And, and as producers, that helps you guys out on the e-commerce side and it helps you out as far as your projection and planning within the, the stewardship of the land and the animals and your business model. So you know, whenever you're ready, guess what? You have an open invitation to do your subscriptions through the Beef Initiative, and so let's you, do it. you and I are going to have some more conversations now. Yeah, so yes, sir, Slim. I
1: think that was inevitable, no matter what. Right. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but for sure, I, 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 me and JP said, okay, let's go ahead and do the go ahead. Let's give the the go ahead, and so let's start inviting producers in and. And that's the beautiful thing about it. We bring up Cole with K&C Cattle, damn right. I mean, he's the number one supplier of beef in the beef initiative. And he's got that vertical integration that we talk about. He's got his own processing center that's opening up within 30 days. We are the new vertical integration into animal protein production and supply and distribution and what do we, we, you and I both know the vertical integration, what we do with food and what we talk about every day of our life and what you steward as an active rancher right now is a vertical integration back into human health, mentally, physically, and spiritually. And in people are starting to see that. And that's what is exciting about this. This is a vertical integration back into, to love, into health, into your spirit, and we've got the players, we've got the people, we've got the ranchers, the producers that want to be a part of this. And it's been a it's been a long three years, but it's been like overnight. But man. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so ha- happy to be sitting on Marion Congress in Austin, Texas, looking at the capitol in my rearview mirror and having this conversation. What a gift, man! What a gift from God that we're doing this. And and we live in those days and these days and times to where we can achieve this. And so my long winded point is, it doesn't matter your entry point into this. You can come into it anytime, anywhere, any individual, any family, any rancher, any producer, it doesn't matter. There's, there's an open door policy here. The pathway is broad, but the gateway, you need to kind of understand that it's narrow, that narrow mm-hmm. gateway is, is, is your next step. Which direction is it gonna be?
1: That's right. We and amen to that, Slim. We have to and that's how we can judge whether things are actually true or not. Is the feedback that we get from the things that we build, is it accessible at multiple levels yep. of scale? And can it be scaled up and down the ladder as well? So can it be accessed from, from big to small and can it become big and small in any iteration? That it uh, that it sees fit for the the context of the situation, and so um, it's just a it's a beautiful and really humbling journey that has been presented before us, and it's 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 a thing that we need to constantly just surrender to the fact that this is such a gift that we've been given as people to get to live in this place, in this time, and we are being called to great things. We, those who are awake and who have eyes to see and ears to hear, are being called to such great things. Beyond what we can even imagine, but it's gonna unfold in its greatness as our life continues on. But we have to surrender to it, we have to put, it's thy will be done, not my will be done. And when you get on that path, because that's that narrow gateway you're talking about, It's like, when you get on that path of surrender to that which is beyond us, man, oh man, it is, uh, we will be given the strength that we need in order to carry the weight that we're being asked to carry, and, uh, that burden will feel light, and it's, um, it's, it's it's a blessing, and I'm so grateful, Slim, our friendship, I, it's, uh, like I said, I feel like kindred, you know, I felt like kindred with so many of the people that I got to speak with one-on-one at the conference, and it's, um, it's about, uh, uh, it, it starts with beef, but it scales out into all the profound beauties of everything that is. And that's, that sounds unnecessarily poetic, but just think about it. Just think about how it's just about people being able to get healthy beef and healing their bodies. And what does that mean for everything else? And so it's, um, it's all connected and here we go. Make it real.
0: Yeah, and, and, and we've got it, we've got some momentum and, uh, and once again, we're going to be obligated to fulfill wherever this goes and I've been being, um, people, are, people are listening, you know, we, we do the podcast, you know, I, I just established the Texas Slam Media Company as well, uh, we're doing an audio docu-series, some of this will end up on the audio docu-series, it's going to be a podcast. People are listening across the world and we want everybody to know, just like Bitcoin, this doesn't have any boundaries, it doesn't have any borders. And and that, that's where the imagination comes in. That's where you visualize the possibilities. And you know, us talking for this last hour and ten minutes now, you know what, we let's talk technology. Let's talk about the technology that we're leveraging. I think, uh, you know, Adam and team just got you loaded up to be on the fountain app. And I'm not trying to Mm -hmm. shill anything, but guess what? You get to earn sats right now as you're, that you just did this podcast. You're going to get paid to do this podcast in a new form, a new engineered way that basically gives you a little bit more leverage.
1: Well, that's the thing about technology. And this is where I really, technology in and of itself is not evil, right? Nope. And a lot of people... uh, there's very much this sentiment that it's either the best thing ever and we need to merge with machines or it's the most evil thing that's ever come. And I fundamentally believe that it is just a tool like any other. And how do we use tools, right? I can use the tool of electric fence to completely destroy a landscape or to put that landscape in a position to be healthier and healthier and healthier every single year. So how it's just a tool and it's our consciousness. It's our decision-making process that leverages and takes technology from the place of just being a thing. And then we're the one that imbues it with any essence, if it has any at all, right? We bring that to it through our intentionality behind it and through the decisions we make in our use of it. And so I, I was so you know sometimes when you interact with things that are just true it, it kind of strikes you and you're like I don't even know why this feels so right and so cool but it's like man this thing is just this has got it going on and I felt like when it, that app feels that way right it's like people are getting compensated people are allowed to gift and received based off of, of how they're impacted by whatever certain speech or certain uh, content and that feels so right with regards to human relationships. Right. And we can leverage technology to actually mimic our, our most essential and our most honest and our most, um, uh, loving human relationships, you know? Yeah. And so, and so that's, it really is just a tool. And, 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 and I think that we just have to, we do have to show up because there is certain aspects of these tools that can get us in a trance. Right that can get us sucked in and um you know every, all things in moderation right like so we we need we need to be multifaceted and disciplined in our approach to any tool that we're using right i i don't even necessarily use electric fence all the time every day it depends on the context and the, and the, and the specific state of whatever piece of ground that those cattle are on some needs them to be in high stock densities some needs them to be a little bit more spread out. It just depends. And it's the same with technology. Sometimes it's a, an appropriate time for me to put in the earphones or to have a podcast playing. But other times, and most of the time in my life, uh, it is what it is. It's not appropriate for me because I got I got kids that need attending to. I got, uh, a, I got land that, for me, a lot of the jobs for me on the land... Uh, some are conducive to being able to listen to something at the same time and get those downloads while I'm doing work. That's very simple. Um, but a lot of times I gotta, I gotta fully show up. I gotta be in the moment and I gotta bring all of myself to bear. So it's how do we leverage, how do we use t- tools appropriately? It's just about appropriate use of tools no matter what they are. And I, I see, um, I'm starting to understand on a more deep level Bitcoin as being a very appropriate tool, uh, uh and I'm starting to um, and I and I'm kind of surrendering to because at first I'll admit I was a bit hostile to Bitcoin because I thought it was it was <laughs> tech for tech's I thought it was technology for technology's sake, if that makes sense. I no, thought it was just course. another yes. a, another tech solution to a world where I think we have too many tech solutions, right? And right. I'm like, Oh, we gotta get we need a lot more uh, visceral hands in the dirt experience. And that's just my inclination, you know, for better or worse. And, um, but the more that I kind of discover and the more, and honestly, slim, this is the thing that, that, uh, um, has me orange pilled, so to speak, is the people that I've met. It's the people. It actually has nothing. A technology is just a technology, but it's the people and, how do people carry themselves? What path are they on from their own admission, right? What has brought them? What is their why behind this apparent how to solve problems? This tool is always a how. How do we solve problems? We use this XYZ tool. Well, why are we using that tool? Why do we think that tool is a good one to use? That is actually a statement of of the interior space of the people, right? And that is what has really um, got me to really understand bitcoin on a much deeper level it's like if i'm going to actually be true to my own ethic of that the inner and the outer landscape are one and that that which we get in the outer landscape is mere, merely a mirror to our own inner journey and it's met it is that objective reality is there to teach us lessons about who are we now and who do we need to become man oh man i mean for anyone who may be hesitant about bitcoin just hang out with some people who are self avowed bitcoiners and air quotes because that's not it doesn't say anything about who they are as people right and their whole story but it's like just hang out with those people and talk to them about the most deep profound things of life and, and they will be able to uh to to dance with you as long as you want because that's the only thing they think about as well if you're if you're trying to be sovereign and free that goes all the way down to who we are as people in our most essential state and so Man, that's the thing that's got me really kind of coming around to this technology. Is that the people who are magnetized towards it are people who are on the same journey that I'm on. So that that for me was something where I was like, "This needs a lot more attention," and it's a lot more legit than I initially thought.
0: Yeah, and and you say for tech for tech's sake, and you I saw that during my younger years in big tech. And I got sick of it. I was like, okay, great. Yeah, that's very idealistic, wonderful. It's not really solving anything. And I know you're fascinated at it, but I'm, I'm done with it. And so I can totally relate to that. And of course me being, you know, a techie of the past, really I wasn't, I was just, I played along. But uh, <laughs> one thing that, uh, you know, that I found out is tech for tech's sake is is a pain in the butt. It's a pain in the ass and it's, it's, a, it's a useless, point, but whenever you basically, I always tell a lot of people, you you know, you, the conversations that you have and you're introducing the conversation into Bitcoin. I said, well, man, if you're going to grab a hold of anything within Bitcoin, just try to grab a hold of the, of the state of mind of it right. and, and try to understand it first. And if you do, if you need to kind of understand the state of mind, well, my, my entry point where I really associated with it in that where I went down my rabbit hole was the decentralization. Okay, well, decentralization of what? Well, everything in life. Let's look at that. Right. And and so everybody has their entry points of understanding and in their, in their, that they, they they go with it. And if, 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 like you said, people holding back and they're looking at it the wrong way, I don't look at Bitcoin as any form of money right now. I don't look at right. it. I look at it as a state of mind that is actually improving my life. And so, you know, as an individual or as a producer rancher, that's what I, I, I implore everybody to do is basically look at it as a state of mind. Don't don't try to put a, a onaker on it that doesn't fit. And right. just just try to get into a state of mind to where you lose that friction of thought and, and you know, of comparison. It's not the stock market, it's not a gold coin, it's not a dollar bill, it's a state of mind first, and then you're gonna find the value of that. So um, thank you for putting that, pointing that out because that, I think that really is a part of producers and ranchers right now. And spe- you know, any form of agriculture, they don't know how to look at it yet. They don't know their, their perception or perspective is off a bit. And that's what we really have to push hard is, you know, let it become what you want it to become. What is it to you? And then once you allow that type of awareness and clarity to let it become whatever it can be for you, because it is, it's different for everyone. And so right now, you know, it's leverage. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to leverage the state of mind into a new uh, reality for, you know, everybody that comes along. And here we go.
1: (laughs) Well, that's, there's, um, that's getting to, and this is, this is where the idea of first principles comes in. It's actually getting to the bottom of what, uh, whether it's, um, whether it's, uh, money or digital property or digital en- or just energy, whatever, however it is, or state of mind, which is just energy. Uh, we, um, we at the bottom of that is people making decisions. Cause that's at the bottom of everything is people making choices. And so if we are interacting with whatever technologies we have from that state of, I'm not going to be compromised because I'm going to live in a way to where as the best I can be, I can be in harmony with my loved ones, with my surroundings, with the economy, with my business. and, and, and with, and at the, at the end of the day, I would say, therefore, if you're in harmony with all those things, you're in harmony with God. You, uh, you are are getting to the place where you can have the most leverage and leverage is just that that spot where the most can be done with the least amount of force right and if we're at the source of the seed uh, the, that phrase that that your phrase slim uh will it just won't leave me uh, because it's so profound if we're at the source of the seed then we're actually in the space to where we can make decisions that uh, ripple out beyond anything we could imagine, but also affect us in the most profound and beautiful and regenerative way here in this moment. And so um, we just have to embrace that because that's all we ever control. All I really manage is myself, and that's my state of mind. That's my being. And so um, whatever technologies we have, I don't care what you call it. You know, it doesn't it, – the tools are just a representation of the people. And I think – Bitcoin came about and it seems to have emerged from this state of mind within the people that is, wait a second, we've gone off the tracks here. We need to, we need to build something, we need to use our conscious consciousness to engineer a tool that can allow us to be more human. And, and that's, that's what I'm trying to get at, is that like we, uh, the things that allow us to be more human are going to be the things that heal us in a deep way. And, um, whether we like it or not, (laughs) and those, and, uh, that's what you felt at the conference. And that's what, because it's all the people who are magnetized towards that aren't there because they're trying to get rich or aren't there because they're trying to get some sort of status or aren't there because they're trying to do anything other than be with people who are on the path of truth and of discovery. That's it. And we have to, we have to do whatever we can in our lives to surrender to that process because that's the process where the most profound things get revealed to us.
0: Well, on that note, Scott, yes, and and I know you have to get going, I have to get going, but what a what, what a great way to catch up. I want to remember this one. People, i don't, I don't know if you could hear some of the traffic. Uh, ambulance came by, but this is how we do it. We just, we just let it flow, and you know, we don't overly produce anything. We just, we just roll. We slow roll with a state of mind that seems to be working. And uh, man, I really appreciate you. And you know what? I'm coming up. I'm going up to Wyoming and Idaho in October, and I, I think mm-hmm. I'll be staying the night with you or, or two. So. Uh, you should. Colorado's you right in the middle, so I I, I, we, I definitely got to stop by there. I, you know, of course, I got to go by Jason's place, and then I got to go see you, and so I'll just kind of do a roundabout, and we'll we'll make it happen. But let's uh, do
1: it, Slim. You you got a bed with your name on it, right? <laughs> in place, man.
0: Fantastic, and of course, we're gonna have some uh, some nice uh, animal protein. We're gonna have some steak <laughs> and some lamb and some <laughs> hog. We're gonna have it all,
1: aren't we? Yeah, we got we did we lit we're. we're
0: we we live high on the hog down here <laughs> <laughs> well uh man appreciate you brother love you much
1: uh tell yeah i love you too slim i appreciate you
0: thank you sir and tell tell the family hello give the little ones a hug from uncle slim or whatever you want to call me and, yeah uh, uncle
1: slim you're in man there, there we go this, this is family now <laughs> we're in <laughs> all right
0: well, you know what? Let's everybody, since we're, we're making this until podcast, tell everybody where you can be reached. And we'll, we'll go ahead and sign off from there, Scott.
1: Yeah, thank you, Swim. I appreciate that. Uh, so you can find our farm and what we do at uh, sacredsongfarm.com. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm taking a little bit of a hiatus from Twitter, but I'm on there. And my personal cell phone number is on there as well if you want to reach out just head to my uh, Twitter page at sacred song farm. And I just got a pinned tweet. That's got my contact information up there and, uh, feel free to reach out. Anybody I'm here. This is about, everything's about relationship and that's what we're here to do. That's what I'm here to do. So, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm difficult to get a hold of at times, but I'm also persistent in, uh, in making it happen. So just reach out to me and we'll just get the conversation started and we'll make, we'll make it happen. And so, um, yeah, and uh, God bless everybody, and just keep on keeping on, and uh, no need to fear. We got this.
0: Yeah, fear is a lie, Scott, and I'm gonna. <laughs> it is. It is a big lie, and we don't have to live in a lie no more. And amen. And, and the same to, same to everybody out there as well. And I'm gonna go ahead and close this, not pause this. This is gonna be a hard stop whenever I'm done, but um you know i'm i'm extremely these days hard to get a hold of at times but i'm extremely persistent so i'm going to borrow what you just said and just stay with us stay with the beef finishes stay with me stay with scott we're on a we're on a low time preference here you know mm-hmm. we're about quality we're about exchanging quality and value we're not about high time preference And this has been a a fantastic hour and a half that I get to say that I got to live and experience with you, Scott. So much peace, much love to everybody. Remember Podcasting 2.0. Remember the Fountain app. Uh, We're going to basically grow uh, and, and we're going to decentralize some communications. It's about sound money, sound health, sound communications for our sound future. Scott. Take care. Go get to work, and we'll talk to you soon, brother.
1: You too, brother. Talk soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.